0: Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you will be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now, here's Pastor Ron. Well, we're going to turn to the Book of Matthew. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 21. The Bible says, "As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples." saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there and a colt will be by your side. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, say the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. And this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. We know the prophet is Zechariah who spoke these words 500 years earlier and Zechariah said this, say to daughter Zion, see Your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and they placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches. And we know in the book of John, chapter 12, that these branches were palm branches. And that's why we call today uh, Palm Sunday. And so the branches came from trees and they spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. And this word Hosanna means save us. So they're crying out to Jesus, save us, Jesus, save us, Jesus. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. And they asked this question, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. See, for 2,000 years, since the very first Palm Sunday, the name of Jesus has stirred controversy. The name of Jesus has stirred people to look up and consider who is this person, Jesus. You can mention any other name in the town square. You can mention any other name in school and, and wherever you may meet or on the media. And and there'll be complete re- no resistance at all, and not even acknowledgment of the name. But you mention the name of Jesus, and all hell breaks loose. Everything gets stirred. Why is that? Why is this name such a powerful name? The Bible says this: Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind which he must be saved, or we might must be saved. The Bible teaches us that Jesus is the true God. Jesus is the only God. Jesus came and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And just by him saying that causes animosity, causes concern, causes hatred. And so you see that his name causes controversy and a stirring And then there are those that just completely try to avoid his name and just remain neutral. But the problem is that the name of Jesus is so powerful, the man of Jesus is so powerful that it doesn't allow you, doesn't allow us to remain neutral. And so we're looking at this day of Palm Sunday, we're looking at this person of Jesus. Why is Jesus so controversial? It's because Jesus himself demands an answer to the question, who am I? Who am I? When the city was stirred, the question rose up, who is this person? Jesus. See, and Jesus himself even asked his disciples, who do they say I am? And he asked Peter, who do you say I am? See, Palm Sunday is really a day where there was a clashing of two worlds. There was a colliding of two worlds, and many people don't know this, but there were really two parades that day. You had Jesus on his donkey with his followers and disciples coming in from the east side of Jerusalem, coming down the Mount of Olives, and then on the other side, you had Pontius Pilate with his Roman legions on war horses, and and whenever they came into the community, they came to cause shock and awe, because they wanted to cause allegiance to their world of Rome. But on this day, even though Jesus came in on a donkey, in the spiritual realm, it was way more powerful than we can see on paper where we see Jesus and the disciples on a donkey. Because all of heaven, all the angels of heaven in the spirit realm were with Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit was with Jesus. See, Jesus riding into Jerusalem wasn't just a little ride on a donkey. It was a war march. It was a march of Jesus and all the angels of heaven rallying with him because it was his march to his destiny, which we know would happen five days later on what we call Good Friday, his march to cross to lay down his life to suffer a grueling death for you and me. See, Jesus, on this day of Palm Sunday, he rode into Jerusalem with an understanding that he would take down the power of sin and death forever. It was his march for you and me. And during this time, the people were waving palms. And it's not just that they just gathered these branches and were waving branches. This was spiritually symbolic and it was so powerful what the waving of palms meant that even the people themselves didn't realize what they were doing. Because palms means victory. Palms means success. And they were waving palms and, and Jesus was, was on his donkey and they were declaring and they were making a prophetic declaration that this man Jesus who was causing all this controversy would win the war, would go to battle, against sin and oppression and everything that grips mankind. And they were declaring success with their palms. Now, you and I today, especially being in our homes, we don't have palms. We don't have palm branches, but we do have palms. And isn't it amazing that we raise our hands to heaven? And many times we don't even know why, especially charismatic churches, we lift our hands in worship. We don't realize what we're doing. But the Bible says in Psalm 134 too, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. And depending on you know, how you were raised and maybe what faith you're associated with, we many times see the priests raising their hands. But the Bible says we're all priests. You're a your priest, i priest. But what's so amazing is this spiritual significance. When we are raising our hands, we are saying Jesus has the victory. Jesus has gained success for our lives, and we call upon His success. We call upon His victory over our lives, over our future, over our families, and 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 this is such a significant thing that happened two thousand years ago on Palm Sunday. See, Palm Sunday is a picture of hope. It's a picture of hope coming in from one direction with Jesus, and then. A picture of bondage and tyranny and death that was coming in from another direction with Pontius Pilate. So when we look back on this day, everything that existed, the powers of Rome, the powers of wealth, the powers of the temple even in Jerusalem, the powers of anarchists and God haters that rose up against Jesus, all that is gone. It is all gone. And I can't help but correlate that world of yesterday to the world today. And even what's happening with this coronavirus, everything that seemed to be so invincible. See, Rome seemed to be so invincible. Horses and chariots and power and all the glamour that came with it. But yet, it's gone. And we see that even with this coronavirus, what seemed so powerful, what seemed so immovable, Wall Street, Hollywood, sports arenas, shut down. It's almost like idols had been toppled in one moment of time. But yet what remains? What remains? What is unshakable? What is immovable? Jesus Christ, who he says is the rock who cannot be toppled, cannot be toppled. And even during this time, we see nurses gathering on roofs of hospitals and doctors meeting for the first time in in hallways of hospitals and and praying together and praying. People turning to to online church and and we're making our homes and our cars and our our little little mobile phones and, and computers and and, and TVs and YouTube, we're inviting the presence of God into our home because Jesus is immovable. He's unstoppable. And he comes to us when we cry out to him. And we read the psalmist said in chapter 16 of Psalms 8 through 11, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. I remember as a child, Palm Sunday was always a special day. I don't know if it was at your house, but... But it was at my house and, and Palm Sunday is, it was, was a day where we went to our relatives' homes and we got our palms at church and, and we would go and literally exchange palms. And, and I'm not sure if it was a cultural thing with my heritage or religious thing, but we would go and exchange palms. And then we would take our palms and we would make our little crosses and, 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 you know, we would get jealous with those who knew how to braid palms and make all t- types of cool things. And, of course, it was a great day to eat lots of food. And that was kind of the meaning of Palm Sunday. But really, Palm Sunday is one of the most confrontational days in the Bible because it, it forces and it forced people to answer two questions who is this Jesus, and which parade will I join? Will I join His parade, or will I join the world's parade? And such a powerful question that questions that we still have to ask ourselves today. See, and um, some people will say, "Oh yeah, I, I believe in Jesus," you know, "I believe in Jesus." And others will even say, "Oh yeah, you know, Jesus." Yeah, who is Jesus? Oh, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. But if these things are just words of convenience or an insurance policy, you know, I, I have a little saint in my yard or, or, you know, I have a statue or a cross over my bed. If these things are just symbolic or symbols where, where there's really no true understanding of who Jesus really is in your life. There's no power in that. There's no power in that. See, the same people that cried out, Hosanna, five days later, they cried out, crucify him. How can that be? Because they did not know Jesus really. See, the devil wants to keep people far away from Jesus, or it's okay If Jesus is some powerless religious manger figure. Or okay if Jesus is still on his little donkey. See, he doesn't care if you believe that Jesus exists or even see him as Savior. As long as you don't make him Lord over your life, he's okay with it. See, the word Savior in the Bible is mentioned 33 times, but the word Lord is mentioned over 400 times. See, why is that? It's because if you want your life changed, we need to make Jesus Lord. Jesus has to be Lord over our lives. If you want joy and deliverance from bondages and addictions and fear and anxiety and and all the trappings of this world that, that cause unhappiness and and a feeling of being lost and, and, and living a meaningless life, you need Jesus to be Lord over your life. If you want prosperity, not only in the natural, but in your soul, in your mind, in your emotions, a sense of peace, a sense of assurance, that you're here for a reason, that God loves you and cares about you, and you can go to him in prayer and he, he hears you, you need Jesus To be the Lord over your life. And especially if you want eternal life. You know one of the the topics that Jesus talked about the most. And I think in the society we live in. We're almost afraid to mention that there is eternal life. There is heaven. The Bible talks about it. Jesus talked about hell. Many many times. Because there is a place of hell. But it wasn't meant for us. See God doesn't send us to hell. It's our rejection of Jesus, of his only son, our rejection of the meaning of the cross, our rejection that Jesus suffered and died for, for me, our rejection of the blood that is so valuable that he shed for me that causes us to be separated from God. And it breaks God's heart when we are separated from him. We live in strange times. There's a lot of fear right now. There's a lot of anxiety right now because we live in strange times. And many people, and I shouldn't say many, but some people believe that we're living in the very end times, the times that we read about in the Bible where there's signs that Jesus is on his way returning to the earth. Possibly so. I don't know. The Bible says no man really knows. Only God the Father in heaven But one thing I do know is Jesus is not coming back in a manger and he's not coming back on a donkey. He is coming back in fullness of power and glory. See, what people didn't see 2,000 years ago on Palm Sunday was what was happening in the spirit realm. As Jesus was on his donkey, There, all the angels of heaven were about him. All the powers that created the universes were with him. When he comes back, we will see with our eyes. In the book of Revelations, chapter 19, verse 11 through 16, it says this, I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean, and coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword, with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty, the wrath of God, which is against sin, which is against what hurts us, which is against destruction that has come upon the earth because of the power of sin. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written King of Kings and Lord of lords. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. See, the blood of Jesus is so valuable to take it for granted. On this Palm Sunday 2,000 years ago, the question was asked, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And that same question is asked today. You're sensing your spirit The Holy Spirit is asking you the question, who is Jesus? See, the Bible says this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not only are you saved from eternal damnation or separation from God, but the Bible says that God even has a mansion for those who call upon his name, call upon the name of Jesus, but you're saved from the trappings of this world, the emptiness of life, things that don't matter, that are toppled in an instant, living life without meaning and purpose where God has put you here for a very purpose that he has for you. We're saved from that. So I want to give you the opportunity today. You know Jesus is who he said he was. And maybe even deep in your heart, you know that that this time right now is maybe just for you, just for you. God's talking just to you. And I want to give you the opportunity to invite Jesus into your heart. You don't have to do anything. There's nothing that God requires of you. He sent his son to die for you. And if we accept him, he's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. The Bible says if we receive him into our heart, The powers of sin are broken. God forgives you. Maybe you you feel as though you can't accept Jesus into your life because of some things that you've done. But the Bible says there's no sin that is not able to be forgiven. That God loved the prostitute. He loved those who had first rejected him. See, even when we were putting him on the cross because of our sin, Jesus looked down and said, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. What amazing love that Jesus has for us. And I pray today that you would receive him into your heart. And if you want to make him Lord over your life, I want to pray this prayer. And I believe with all my heart that as you pray this prayer, the Holy Spirit is going to come to you and come within you. And you're going to notice a change in your life and powers of darkness and sin. And death will be broken off your life, and you will have eternal life. Will you pray this prayer with me? A simple prayer. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I'm sorry, Lord. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you, Jesus, to write my name in the book of life. I want to follow you, Lord. I want to live for you. I want my life to change. So, Lord, help my life change. Come into my life today. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Write my name in the book of life. I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content from Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.